Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. A very snowy, slushy, sloppy Tuesday. Hopefully all of you safe out there. If you're on your way to work, or if you've just decided to make it a four- or five-day holiday weekend in and around bad weather and Martin Luther King, yeah, you'll get back to work eventually. All right, what the hell? Who cares? 2024, the world's burning. Why rush to get back and risk your safety? I totally adhere to that. All right, a lot of good stuff coming up this hour. We've got the cut sheet at 745. What Iran claims responsibility for yesterday. Also, some uh, updated polling numbers for you with Joe against all of the GOP candidates, uh, as well as these financial figures. Uh, People curious about money spent in Iowa as to, you know, comparing dollars to votes and results and who spent wisely, so forth and so on. Uh, I've got those figures for you, and we will get to those after the news. But right now, let's get to the news. 702, round number two, the great Dawn Stenzel on this Tuesday morning. Yeah, and let's talk about Philadelphia police this morning um, after a crime that happened involving a teenager. Philadelphia police investigating after that 17-year-old was shot and hurt. It happened in the parking lot of a McDonald's. And it happened last night, 2800 block of Cotman Ave in the city's Mayfair neighborhood. And officers say the teen was shot in his abdomen, rushed to the hospital where he's in stable condition this morning. No arrests, no weapons recovered at the scene. And per usual, we're not being told, is this gang-related, drug-related? Was this part of a attempted carjacking? What was going on here? So we don't have that motivation, just that Philadelphia police were called um, to answer this, you know, shooting of a teenager, and we'll wait to see the results if they can make an arrest. They're looking at surveillance video right now. I want to point out to you that PennDOT with the snow, and this is historic in the sense that we had a drought, we had a snow drought, 715 days, and on the 716th day, it snowed. So so far, we've had about an inch and a half. Uh, PennDOT has reduced the speed limit on several roadways across our region due to this winter storm. A lot of advisories, alerts, PennDOT urging you avoid unnecessary travel. But those who must head out this morning, you will see the speeds have been reduced officially to 45 miles an hour. And that's on most of the area interstates 76, 95, 295, 476, 676, U.S. routes 130, 202, 422, and state routes 63 and 309. Yeah. So they have made this official commercial vehicles must stay in the right lane while the speed restriction is in place today. Speed limits reduced on other roads as the conditions weren't, they say. So this winter weather advisory in effect for our entire region through 1 o'clock this afternoon. And that looks like that'll be the pretty much the end of the precipitation. I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but I do want to mention to you that our, the National Guard, we have, you know, the reports that there's a special send-off that has happened for New Jersey's National Guard's 44th Infantry Brigade Combat Deployment. And that is the first, that is the largest deployment of New Jersey Army National Guard soldiers since 2008. Wow. So they, uh, they, Gathered in Trenton, New Jersey, um, full of family and friends, you know, doing a send off, wishing their loved ones well. 
as they headed out to the Middle East. Okay, I was just going to ask you where were they yeah. deployed to. Okay. So 1,500 soldiers from the 44th Infantry Brigade Combat Team, largest deplo- deployment, like I say, of New Jersey's Ar- New Jersey Army National Guard soldiers since 2008. Husband, husbands and brothers and sons. And I just... Bring that forth. I know, you know, Nick, you're going to talk more about, you know, what's going on as far as the Houthis and, and the Middle East. But it's important to think about, you know, and to see these mostly young men uh, in their fatigues and mm-hmm. gathered at Cure Insurance Arena in Trenton, New Jersey, locally. And they're hugging and praying, you know, hugging them, kissing them, praying for them. And it's very real. Mm-hmm. To families from our region, because you know, one thousand five hundred of their sons, brothers, husbands, you know, fathers, they're being sent off. Probably never envisioned to have that send off, right? I mean, hopefully this is this is it, and this is not at the beginning of you know five hundred here and a thousand there and fifteen hundred more. But um, knock on wood and uh, prayers up. Hopefully they all return safely. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think it's I think that's well said that we remember them in our in our prayers, and think about how real that is to these families with um, Joe Biden with what's going on the response as far as the Middle East, Iran, the Houthis' latest action, etc. So, you know, we we talk about it just a headline at Houthi militants in Yemen uh, undeterred by U.S.-led missile strikes. Now they've launched more attacks on ships in the Red Sea. I know the New York Times, uh, nationally, local stations and coverage as well, Israeli officials say they were astonished by the scale and quality of Gaza's tunnel network. It looks like they've got about half of that under control, but Israel saying it had concluded its intensive, I say in air quotes, ground operations in northern Gaza and it looks like they say that they're going to see the end of that stage of fighting in the south. So this is, you know, we move on. Hamas said Israeli airstrikes killed two hostages, by the way, two right. more hostages mm-hmm. that confirmed. Um, and by the way, Turkey briefly detaining an Israeli soccer player after he displayed a pro-Israel message during a game. Oh, boy. So uh, some tension there. So just just to sprinkle in some international news, but with that local sense of urgency and prayer for local families. So we wanted to put that in. We've talked a lot since six o'clock this morning about Trump's big victory in Iowa. The story is that Nikki Haley ends with 19 percent. Ron DeSantis finished a distant second behind Trump at 21 percent. You almost wouldn't Ron know has it. always been a loser. <laughs> You almost wouldn't know it because it was a disappointment for DeSantis that he was only a couple percentage points ahead of Nikki Haley, mm-hmm. who finished better than anybody thought. If yeah. you take all of the, um, the all of the other candidates and combine them, does it? How, how close is that to Trump? Then I mean, it's got to be single digits, right? I mean, if you're taking if you're just going percentage wise, so I between twenty one and nineteen is forty. Yeah. And 51 to 40, and then throw Romney. Yeah, it'd be a, about a five-point margin. A Democrat, Assuming all those people actually, you know, all of those people well, don't. I would I would assume that everybody who voted for, a, you know, a second candidate, not Trump, those people are looking for something other than Trump. Right. Yeah, in all likelihood, I would imagine. And to your point, Greg, I mean, Democrats this morning and late last night were saying, oh, look. The leader of your party only got 51%. Mm-hmm. See? Spin. What kind of a, so that's, that's their point. 
I would look at it differently. I would say, we've got a deep bench over here. That's what I've been saying for right? nine months. We're way deeper than, than the Democrats are. Deeper, younger, more diverse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Democrats right now just have uh, Joe Biden, Kamala, Gavin, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got that going on. And then from victory to a disappointing devastating defeat our eagles ah uh, how many days until pitchers and catchers Don? i know like they put out days? their schedule for our fills they put out the schedule already yeah well, it's we, exciting you know what john brazier will be in here yeah. It'll be the red october again <laughs> i'm dreaming of a john brazier summer i am so uh it was a bummer i mean eagles we started out 10-1 Beat by number four seed Buccaneers. They and, won and, and in let's Tampa. Also say the, the reality is they should have been eleven and zero. They should never have lost to the Jets in that game. So they should have been eleven and zero, and then finished eleven and six. Let's face it, though. I mean, they they beat a lot of low energy teams, and not by a lot, right? And they, and they didn't look good against the good teams that they barely beat, right? The Bills, they barely beat them. Kansas City. Kansas City, it, 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 yeah. The writing was on the wall all season. It's yeah. just that some of us who look at this team with rose-colored glasses didn't see it. I, right. I, I include myself in that yeah. as well. They were they were like a car that you knew sooner or later the hubcaps were going to fall off <laughs> and it was on its last leg and yeah, the yeah. transmission was going to go. Yep. And then everything just went in the last seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the headlines, even People Magazine has a headline, Jason Kelsey talks possibilities of... The fact that he played his final NFL game. Yeah, he didn't do any media um, uh, hits last night. Yeah, so. might save that for his brother's podcast <laughs> with Taylor. I they, they, they're quoting. I know there's all that going on. They moved in together. Yeah. Um, but I guess so. I guess over the weekend is that it. Kel- Jason Kelsey said over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever you're older in your career, you never know when that's going to be. In yep. other words, your last game. Yep. So I guess he hinted at it, but could be it for him. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, that whole yeah the, squad. The team's going to look a lot different next year, which yeah. might be a good thing. Yeah, they got to get younger. Yeah, like the uh, the Democratic Party. They got to get younger. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, r- real quick here, I do want to talk about the winter weather advisory. It's in effect for our entire region. Through 1 o'clock, as we move north and west, especially if you think of past Berks County, Lehigh County, you're looking at till 4 p.m., and then the snow totals grow as we move out of the city and South Jersey. So officially right now at Philadelphia International Airport, one and a half inches of snow, but there are north and west three to three to four inches, and then beyond Berks County, five inches. So the snow totals continue. Today, spotty light precipitation continuing through the region. So it turns kind of, kind of icky. This, this wintry wet mix now, as far as the fluffy white stuff, that's over with, but that's going to continue. It starts to, to wind down by 3 p.m. This afternoon, cloudy, a high of 33 degrees. And then as far as your tomorrow, Wednesday, Sunny, brisk, and cold wind chills only in the single digits in the morning and teens through most of the afternoon, a high of 28. We will warm up quite a bit Thursday. Clouds and some sun with a flurry around with a high of 32 degrees. And by the way, more snow on the way for your Friday. So I just want to remind you of that one. Ha ha ha. Another weekend with bad weather on the way, huh? 
Well, yeah, and our, let's say, our good and bad weather sponsored by Budget Blinds this morning because we do have all Philadelphia Archdiocesan schools. They are having a snow day today, but they are essentially opening it up for um, Zoom learning if kids if kids want to, mm. if they kids want to, yeah, yeah. I, that's, they worded to? it weirdly. It's optional if you want it's... to do a form of education that we have realized does not work. <laughs> <laughs> so I did get, a, I got such a kick out of that. The, the way they worded it. Snow day for God's sake! I know they haven't had one in eight hundred days. I know. Come on, just give them a snow day. Relax. Yeah. Uh, Everybody will be fine. We have to do to the theme of Frozen. Can I have a snow uh, this day? Is the second time, if you sing one more time, tell them. Okay, no singing. And these teachers' <laughs> unions, they are the true threats to democracy, folks. No, part of, I think, the archdiocese schools in Philadelphia using the flexible instruction day mm. is so they can still count it because, you know, they have the, they have to meet some mandatory minimums. I think yeah. that's why they word it that way. You want to check because a lot of schools initially said two hour delay. Now they're saying, now that we have word that the precipitation continues and, the slick weather, the National Weather Service giving us some updates. Does the one-hour delay still exist? Not really. It's usually two-hour. Okay. I remember when we were kids, we had the one and the two. The yeah. one was the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. It's like you don't even bother sleeping even longer. You just yeah. get up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nice thing is that they say, usually, if you have the two-hour delay, then they're really, they're really flexible. If you say, I'm, you know... I can, my, we can't make it out of the driveway. They're like, ah, that's all right. Yeah. So I, lo- I do love that flexibility. Right. Budgetblinds.com is your one-stop shop for blinds, shades, shutters, custom drapery, and motorization. Free in-home consultations and the only no-questions-asked warranty in the business. So ask about their exclusive inspired collection online at budgetblinds.com. Kale and Company News Live. I know I didn't talk about the Emmys, but I thought I'd save that for the big three. All right, sounds good. That's coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Coming up next, $123 million were spent in Iowa. By who and by how much? The details on the other side. Kale Company, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Let's talk about the real thing because real Philly sports fans love the one and only Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. It's the only online casino and sportsbook app I ever recommend, as you know, 24-7 live casino action. So just download it, the Bet Parks app right now, and all your favorite casino games are right there at your fingertips. Plus, you can bet on the pro football playoffs and all your favorite sports, odds, bets, slots, games right in your pocket. The casino comes to wherever you are. Play the hottest online slots or play blackjack, roulette, baccarat, or Texas Hold'em. That's my husband's favorite one, Texas Hold'em, with a live dealer right on your iPhone there. So get winning on the Bet Parks app. It's so simple. New users, join me right now. Just download the app. Get up to $1,000 in casino bonuses back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. Details on the Bet Parks app or at betparks.com. New users only. Casino bonus must be wagered. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 and in PA or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Live here on a Tuesday morning. What's on the cut sheet? Yeah, just about 25 minutes. That's coming up 745. In about 15 minutes, Iran and what they claim responsibility for yesterday. 
Also, a very interesting article on the breakdown of how elections influence U.S. wartime decisions for sitting presidents. You know, we've been talking about, you know, the war machine and Joe Biden and obviously re-election. Um, what camp does Joe Biden fall into of the five that are um, you know, perceived to exist, according to foreign policy experts. I thought this was a fascinating story. We'll get to that coming up. Uh, but Road Warrior, as well as a few others on Twitter over the last 12 hours or so, have tweeted me asking about the spending in Iowa by the GOP candidates, from Trump to Nikki to Ron to Vivek and others. Um, and so, according to CNN, I've got some figures here. The 2024 Republicans spent $123 million on advertising alone in the state of Iowa. Uh, for context, that compares to um, the $84 million that was spent in the 2020 caucuses. So that is an increase of just about $39 million up in four years uh, compared to four years ago. Now, to break it down, uh, the Pro and everything is labeled either pro Haley, pro DeSantis, pro Trump, or pro others. Now, the reason they frame it that way is because it takes what the campaign themselves contributed along with their allied super PACs. So, pro Haley messaging led the way. Of the 123 million spent, pro Haley was 37 million dollars. Pro DeSantis was 35 million dollars. Pro All Others was $33 million. That would include Vivek Ramaswamy and others. And Pro Trump, only $18.3 million. So if you're talking about, you know, bang for your buck, so to speak, Donald Trump easily, not only the biggest winner at 51% of the votes, but he only spent $18 million between his campaign, and pro-super PACs in favor of Trump, whereas the other category was 33, DeSantis 35, uh, Nikki Haley at $37 million. So to answer that question for those asking, uh, Nikki's camp led the way. It's funny, too, because Trump barely <laughs> was barely was a blip on the radar he was barely man. in iowa uh ron DeSantis basically camped out in iowa for two months <laughs> yes at kim reynolds house and and got barely second place yep can i say that again barely got second place yep so i think that the two winners and i know people are gonna hate me for saying this but that's my job here um i think the two winners last night and in Iowa were Trump and Haley. Yeah. Because Haley fair. did better than was expected. It gives her a little momentum going into uh, New Hampshire. And I think, uh, you know, Trump, uh, you know, molly whopped, as you like to say, Nick, um, everybody else. He did. So uh, Trump will be the nominee. Let me just say that again. Trump will be the nominee. Yeah, so look at what that means. That means big, you can't buy, you can't buy Republican sure. voters. Okay. These, these folks in Iowa came out in historic cold. That's saying a lot when you're in Iowa. Yeah. We can't even imagine. So frigid temperatures. They came out and money couldn't buy them. And God bless them for that. But on the other point of it, I will say, I saw that Axios put out that this is a record. Advertising dollars for this election, yep. $16 billion with a B, <laughs> which is up more than 31%. Yep. 
And so it's, it becomes obnoxious. This, this level of, think about that, $16 billion. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. Yep. It's so much money that they're, they're able to throw at. But I do love that these voters could not be bought. Yep. And Nikki obviously is spinning this, I think, as uh, the first building block, so to speak, to her, quote, upset. Um, she thinks she's going to go to New Hampshire, and it's a two-horse race between her and Trump. And then South Carolina, her home state, although you look at all the polls, Trump's leading South Carolina, which is her state. Trump's leading Florida, which is DeSantis's state. So, you know, we'll see the way these things play out. Um, and I think we are, what, um, only a matter of a couple of weeks away from New Hampshire. New Hampshire's in two weeks, late January, early February. I actually have the, January 23rd. Uh, January 23rd. Okay, okay, so we're actually a week from today. Um, and we'll see how that plays out. Now, in regards to these three left standing, because, of course, Vivek has officially suspended his campaign. <laughs> yeah. Always love that, right? Yeah. Uh, so Vivek is out. Uh, the latest CBS News YouGov poll found that all three GOP presidential candidates are leading Joe Biden in a hypothetical general election matchup. Uh, they found that Trump, Haley, and DeSantis all beat Biden head-to-head, while Trump remains the clear favorite, obviously, in the GOP primary. Haley fails, uh, fares the best against Joe Biden, which has been a common theme with Nikki Haley. Haley has an eight-point lead over Joe, 53-45. to 45. The poll found that 59% of independent voters would support Haley in a matchup with Joe, while Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis garner 55 and 54% of independent voters. Uh, in contrast with Biden, DeSantis got 51% to Joe's 48 and then the closest matchup is the rematch, Trump and Biden, where Trump holds a two-point lead, 50-48. to 48. That was conducted January 10th through the 12th. Uh, amongst just about 2,900 adults. So um, if Nikki really believes what she said last night, that New Hampshire is good for her, and if she believes this poll, then maybe Nikki really believes like she's she's in this for at least the next six to eight weeks. Well, let's, uh, let me play a clip here. This is cut 12 here, Phil. Katie Turr on MSNBC last night, who was in New Hampshire. She was in Manchester, New Hampshire, at what appears to be a bowling alley. <laughs> Uh, says that she's heard that there's a lot of New Hampshire Dems switching uh, Republican to vote for Nikki Haley in that because we know that you know it's an open primary there where where yep. anybody can vote. Yep. Uh, this is what she said. Cut twelve, Phil, uh, last night. Cut twelve. Go. I've been talking to a lot of voters here, and I keep hearing over and over and over again they wanted to see her prove that she has a chance tonight in Iowa. That was a second place win. There were some that said, if she comes in a close third, okay. But here's the thing, voters in this state, Republican voters tell me, they want another option. And they see Nikki Haley as the best shot at another option. But it's not just Republican voters, it's Democratic voters as well who say, they don't entirely like Biden, and they're looking for someone else as well. Okay, so MSNBC continues to spin Nikki, and there was about three people total in that bowling alley last <laughs> night. So if you take those three people at their word, maybe it uh, maybe it carries a little bit of weight. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not sure that I... I mean, I do believe there are some Democrats that will switch and flip and vote Republican for Nikki. Um, I, I'll continue to say that those that do that and then also the mainstream outlets or the websites or the, the news publications in print that continue to prop Nikki up is um, a little bit of a turnoff, I think. Here's my question, though. If she pulls off an upset in New Hampshire... Well, then what? She's not going to win South Carolina. Well, I was just going to ask you, is, the, do you think she's got a better chance of shocking the upset in New Hampshire or her own uh, home state? A lot of people that I talk to think that it, it can it can switch. The momentum can change if she wins just one state, you know, a la what happened to Joe Biden in 2020. But I, I don't... I don't see that same comparison. I just, you know, Trump is running away with this thing in every other state. And if, and it's a big if, by the way, everybody's putting all their chips into New Hampshire. If she pulls out a victory in New Hampshire, I don't see that as a turning point for the Haley campaign. I, I agree with you. I, I also feel like this could be what we saw in Iowa could be a theme where Trump not only rolls as a runaway freight train, but and I have no idea how the the resources are allocated between his actual war chest of money, so to speak, and super PACs that are allied with or you know in alignment with him. I mean, he could legitimately roll to victory and be like the second or third highest spender in all of these states from like an advertising standpoint, because the Democrats are doing the advertising for him. Every time they impeach, every time they indict, they are going like Donald Trump could actually save money. I think. Because the left and the DOJ is so hell-bent on getting him out that they're basically doing the campaigning for him. All he has to do is say, hey, look what's going on here. I can pocket this money, so to speak. And I think some of the polling is reflective of that. I'm not saying it'll be like that in every state as we go along here, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's the common theme that we saw in Iowa. So we'll see how that plays out. I should have reported this earlier that the DeSantis campaign was crying foul. I saw because that. The, yeah, because the national media, and this is unusual, but the, the national media was declaring victory for Trump before yeah. the Iowa caucuses were over. That's very unusual, and that is a no-no. We can get to that on the other side, because okay. I have a piece of audio that coincides with All that. All right, let's do that on the other side. But right now... Got to tell you about my friends at the Piazza Auto Group. Yeah, bad weather, great day for the Honda Ridgeline truck. I rolled in here effortlessly, going about 42 miles an hour. Didn't slip once, but we have to talk about the luxury vehicles at Piazza Auto Group. And as we ring in a new year, our friends from Piazza Premium Automobiles want to wish everybody a happy 2024. And Piazza is excited to welcome two new members to their family of dealerships, Infinity Ardmore and Maserati of the Main Line, both located on Lancaster Avenue. You'll receive the same first-class customer experience that you've come to expect from Piazza Premium Automobiles. And you can find your new or certified pre-owned Infinity, Maserati, or other Piazza luxury brand like Jaguar, Land Rover, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, and more at PiazzaPremiumAutos.com. Make 2024 a year to remember and tell them Nick Kale sent you. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company rolling on live Tuesday morning here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Nick Don and Greg. Cut sheet in just about seven minutes. 855-839-1210, the number. At 1210WPHT on social media. And, of course, be heard in the comment section on YouTube if you prefer to watch the show. YouTube.com 
slash at 1210WPHT. Let me grab Charles in Camden. He's got some thoughts on MSNBC and the way they covered Trump or did not cover Trump last night. Charles, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Nick. How are you? Good morning, Don and Greg. Morning. Hey. Uh, you, may re- you may recall a, a couple years ago when MSNBC got caught up in a snafu. I mean, it was like a, a big fib, right? And it cost uh, one of the producers their job. She actually resigned. Her name was Ariana. And her parting words were, uh, our viewers don't turn to us for news. They don't consider us news. They turn to us for comfort. <laughs> so if that's the mindset over there at MSNBC and they're operating on that that sort of thing, then is there any wonder why they wouldn't show us uh, the uh, Trump speech? It's kind of like lies by omission. Yeah. Bias. It's it's omission. It's bias by omission. I mean, it's like Dawn always says, where you know, they put such a slant on it that they just you know almost don't even cover it. Um, so you're in the camp then, Charles, that Greg is in that the viewers they just want to be coddled and they don't want to see Donald or hear Donald Trump on television. So you're you're subscribed well, to how, that. I think that's how MSNBC views them. You know, it occurred to me also that you know there's a special cutout for the press and the. Uh, Constitution, the First Amendment of the Constitution, but I can't imagine the the founders or the framers uh, thinking about a press that would lie to us. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so when they when they do things like this, isn't it sort of like a contribution to whatever side they're representing in uh, uh, kind? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a I, I think mean, that's a fair statement to make, Charles. I, I I still believe that. I think maybe you and Greg are right as far as what. And look, who knows? I mean, MSNBC might have data that says uh not showing trump is good or when they show too much of him live it's a tune out or whatever i mean we're in a media world where you know we have a lot of information as to what the consumer wants but i do still think there is a portion of the trump derangement syndrome faction out there that as much as they want him gone from office they relish him being in the cycle of news before we get a comment from uh Dawn on this, just for for those people just tuning in, because I know a lot of people got, are getting a late start this morning because, you know, of the snow. We played this in the 6 o'clock hour, but I'm, I'm going to play it again here. This is Cut 10. This is Rachel Maddow last night on MSNBC deciding not to air the Trump speech. Uh, she said it, it's a decision that they do not relish. This is Cut 10. Phil, go. Turns out hmm. yeah. they didn't. Let me but say, I th- let me just interject. Sorry. I'm sorry, I just have to do a little bit no. of business just for a second. Um, at this point in the evening, the projected winner of the Iowa caucuses um, has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, we will keep an eye on that as it happens. Uh, we will let you know if there's any news made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, the reason I'm saying this is... Of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that we regularly revisit. Um, And honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision. But there is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. That is a fundamental truth of our business and who we are. And so his remarks tonight will not air here live. We will monitor them um, and let you know about any news that he makes. Stephanie. 
Did you notice in the beginning, and I was waiting to see if she mentioned his name later in the clip, and she does <laughs> say President Trump, but in the beginning, she uh, labels him as the winner of the call. She doesn't say him mm-hmm. by name in the beginning. Now, yeah. I mean, obviously, you can see on the graphic there, it says Trump wins, but it was almost like she purposely omitted his name oh, the first did. time. Yep. You pick up on that? Yeah, that was not by mistake. Yeah. Not by mistake, by any measure. <laughs> no, and you know, was it Andre uh, mentioned the Constitution, and the media. And what I'll say about that as far as First Amendment, ask yourself, why is it that the founders did not say anything about the media as far as, you know, that we should be somehow accredited as journalists? Why is it that news people and networks and so on, you don't have to have a license? There's a reason. There's a reason for that, because the government should not ever be able to license or control an individual journalist. Mm-hmm. And so while we have a failure, and this is a massive failure of so-called mainstream media and so-called mainstream journalism, journalism will live. It just It's going to have a different look because people who crave just the truth, they want people reporting things, they're going to look for other outlets. It might not, and that's why we see the networks dying. Mm-hmm. The, the networks are probably already dead and they don't even know it. Right. But NBC, even NBC, CBS, ABC, and MS, you know, whatever, they're all dead mm-hmm. because they've, they have lost or are currently losing credibility with being just telling it like it is. And for the ratings that they still have, and I know we always talk about this, okay, well, Fox is crushing CNN, but Greg, you always point out, like, okay, they get 2.2 million viewers for this show in a nation of 340 million people. Um, You know, we are going to get to the point, and I think social media and the thirst for the truth has shown us. I mean, how many of these, yes, the Matt Taibis, the Barry Weisses of the world, these are accredited, accomplished, you know, achieve, you know, award-winning journalists that have kind of gone on the independent path. But we we now live in a world between all the social media platforms, uh, the podcasts, the on-demand, the YouTubes, the Rumbles, where, like, even guys like Mark Fusetti doing, you know, citizen journalism, you know, Meg Brock, you know, like, there, there are, now, can you monetize it? That's a totally different question for some of these people and make a living off of it. But there, there are sources out there in this day and age of technology advancements where you don't have to rely on the usual suspects anymore, mm-hmm. whether that's Fox or the Washington Post or CNN or MSNBC or the New York Times or, or whoever, conservative or liberal. Uh, media and, and that's kind of uh, one of the beauties of technology is you can go out and do your own thing these days yeah it's just funny because in our world you know the iowa caucus is kind of like the shotgun start to uh the 2024 election but in in the rest of the world it's the water cooler talk t- today is the eagles and the snow yeah nobody pay- is paying attention to this we said that with the with the um with the ratings for uh, the Trump town hall and the Haley DeSantis debate last week. Yeah. Okay. Great. Trump won. He got 4 million, 4.2 million viewers on Fox. The CNN got two, 2.2. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that, like I said, in a nation of 350 million people, 6 million people maybe watched these two. Yeah. And some of them were overlaps. Mm-hmm. So let's be generous and say six. I mean that's not uh, that's not a ton of people. So yes, in the world that we live in, this is very very big news. But in in the 
in the rest of the world, it's not, especially on a Tuesday after a long weekend yeah. and, in, you know, the Eagles coming out of the playoffs. To, to your point, there was uh, at the end of December, early January, some of the media watchdog uh, companies put out the top 100 telecasts of 2023. Yep. 93 of the top 100 were football games. Yep. And if you look at where news and politics broadcasts fit in, in 2020, 15 of the top 100 were news and politics. COVID, election, things mm-hmm. like that. 2021, 7. 2022, 3. 2023, 1. We have seen a decline, and maybe it's an election cycle thing, maybe it's a media fatigue thing, but to your point about news media dying, I mean, we might just be, it might just be a Trump thing, it might be an election thing, but it's, it's, it's faded yeah. since Trump I'm, left office. And I'm not downplaying the Iowa thing, too, but we've said this from Jump Street, that Iowa does not determine the election. Yeah. Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucus mm-hmm. in 2016 against Donald Trump. Yep. So to sit here and say that this has any b- bearing on on what 2024 is going to look like, it absolutely does not. The same way, by the way, Nikki Haley winning, if she pulls out a victory in New Hampshire, the same way that has absolutely no bearing. I will say this about Iowa this time around. It's, it's a little different because of what we've been through as far as Yes, 2016, it's true, Ted Cruz won Iowa, but we're in a different era. We're now, we're now post-pandemic, January 6th behind us, multiple years. To me, this was Iowa giving the big middle finger to Democrats and to the media. That's what this was. But these people came out in but it was a, frigid weather but it was in a record, force. But it was a record low turnout. It was the because same of the cold, in Greg. Twenty twelve, when uh, you know Mitt Romney yeah, but, and all them were on the ballot. So, yeah, like, I, 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 I push back on that a bit. This was, I mean, more than half the country would not have stepped foot out of their house with that kind of. This is record cold for Iowa. Well, we know Trump voters and caucus goers. We'll walk on glass for him. Well, like, Trump that, said, even if not, you're sick, yeah. show up, and even if you die and you pass away on your way to vote, yeah. it's worth it. Yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> that is nothing new because his voters won't will brave any conditions to come out and vote for him. So, yeah, I, I look. I'm not downplaying what happened yesterday, but to say that this is a barometer of what what 2024 is going to look like is, you know, naive. It, well, it's going to be. I mean, you're going to think about four different eras, actually five different eras of politics. Think about where we were in 2012. Then Trump comes into the, the the spectrum in 2016. Then all hell breaks loose in 20. Now you've got you know post pandemic like Dawn said a couple of years removed in 24, and then it'll change completely again in 2028 when Trump is you know out of the equation because he's used up all of his opportunities you know to run and and or be in office. So uh, fascinating stuff indeed. 7:49 here on this Tuesday morning. Let's get to what's on the cut sheet. Tuesday is brought to you by Cherry Hill Volvo, where right now you can get a sensational 2023 S60, courtesy of Volvo, for less than $29,000. These beautiful Volvos have less than 5,000 miles. Hurry to Cherry Hill Volvo today to get yours. Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Don't let the weather deter you from going out. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. All right. Dawn mentioned before the 730 break about 
the DeSantis campaign, and don't you can fill in any of the holes that I'm missing here, the DeSantis campaign uh, calling shenanigans because of the networks calling Iowa for Trump too early when people were still, I don't want to say voting, but caucusing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anything I'm missing there? It was the Associated Press, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC called the race for Trump yep. 30 minutes after the caucuses began at 7 p.m. And so, indeed, only a handful of the precincts had race results reported by that point. They called it that early. So, uh, Brett Baer addressed this on Fox News last night. I'm going to start with Cut 19 here, Phil. On Fox calling Iowa the Iowa caucus early. This was his explanation for that cut. 19, Phil, go. For that silver medal, Bill. Thanks. Let's check in with our panel, Britt Hume, Dana Perino, and Harold Ford Jr. You know, it's interesting for the call, Britt. Um, obviously, it happens very early. Number of networks, including Fox, making that call. AP. We have AP, Associated Press. We have the Fox News voter analysis, along with the Associated Press, this rolling poll of caucus goers, as well as the raw total of votes coming in. Once that was overwhelming on the analysis of that, uh, we could make the call. In the caucuses, when the doors close for the caucuses, that is when the official time is to be able to characterize the race. And so that's how that develops that early. Again, there's a lot of controversy around it because people were inside and obviously had their phones. but that's how the rules go for Iowa. Well, and you also have to, you know, the reason why people worry about calling these races too soon is that in some places people haven't voted. That makes a lot of sense in a general election where people walk in, they cast a ballot, and they leave. And if they hear about it ahead of time, they may decide not even to bother. But we're talking here about people come out on a cold night to gather at a caucus site and the doors have closed and nobody can get in, you know, and, and, and so their opportunity to vote remains. It's hard to believe that very many people would say, oh, my goodness, the race has been called. I'm going home. I don't think so. So so I think, you know, it's the, the impact of it seems to me to be the premise is doubtful. And then what's your overall impression of, of the night and this big win? We don't know how big, uh, but it's going to be significant. Well, let's not forget that second place uh, has led to a lot of people winning the nomination in Iowa. Uh, after, after Iowa, you second, finish second in Iowa, it's worth something. Uh, there are a lot of places where it wouldn't be, and in the coming races uh, in the future, it won't be as much. But out here, you, you win second, you survive, you go on, and who knows, you might win a nomination. A number of second-place finishers have. Okay, so DeSantis is essentially claiming shenanigans that the networks jumped the gun too soon, is yeah. what you were pro- uh, setting up before. I, I, I would say this, and this is not to defend the networks by any stretch, but you lost by 14,000 votes, and this is a network that also, uh, and when you talk about MSNBC, didn't air Trump at all, and CNN with Jake Tapper bailed, af- bailed out after 18 seconds, and half of that, with Tapper was speaking over Trump. I don't think there's any media shenanigans from the standpoint of um, rushing to judgment to crown Trump. They don't even want to acknowledge him half the time. Yeah. Um, well, we started off uh, the show with this. Uh, Donald Trump decisively won um, the Iowa caucus. This is how Jake Tapper called it. Uh, last night, cut 18 here, Phil, go. CNN projects that Donald Trump will win the Iowa caucuses. CNN can make this projection based on his overwhelming lead in our entrance poll of Iowa caucus goers and some initial votes that are coming in. The former president pulling off a huge early victory in his bid to return to the White House. Trump easily defeating his top opponents, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, 
who are now in a high-stakes fight for second place. Let's go to Aaron Burnett at the panel. Aaron, uh, not a surprise, but still, this is the earliest I can remember ever calling such a thing. Jake Tapper's been doing this since World War II, and he's never he's never called it that soon. You know what's interesting too about the you know if you're a caucus goer and you're showing up and you get wind of that a network has called it thirty minutes in or whatever. I, I mean, if you truly value your right to vote and the fact that you you own so to speak that singular vote that is you know inherently in your, the possession of you you still go whether your guys down 14,000 votes and they try to call it or 1400 or 14 votes i would still show up me personally if i saw on social media or i heard on the radio or a streaming service or on tv i would still go and make my voice heard regardless of what a network is saying is the case that it's over that 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 would just be me though well, and they made the point that they have to, they go in. So once you're in, it's, it's, you've already made it there. So I think that's interesting that part of their reasoning was, well, anybody who was going to vote in the caucus, they were already inside. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how true, I don't know how true that, that really is or, if, or, or if they've closed the doors and nobody else can come in. All I know is that we're talking about wind chills recorded like sioux city it was more than 30 degrees below zero oh my god so i went to journalism school in minneapolis know, city chiefs played in that on saturday <laughs> night and there 30 was, below there was yes yeah. was it 30 below yes it was pretty bad with the windshield factor and there was almost a full stadium so you know people people come out when when they care about it you sure. know what i mean so yeah yeah and i i mean i don't know as far as the one thing i will say about going out in that is that you, <clears throat> depending on your vehicle, you know, if your skin is exposed when it's that that cold, that sort of thing. So if if somebody's elderly, if they're a senior citizen, or or if their vehicle is not up to snuff, those are all considerations. You know, I'm sure, sure that they'll they'll do some post analysis and get from people why they why they didn't go. But you know, thirty below zero to go out in the evening to caucus. I, you know, I think for a lot of people uh, who have to travel, I think it's, it, you know, it's tough. I really think that that the weather, they had predicted this would be a record setting, actually a record setting caucus as far as the most that they've ever had until the brutal weather moved in. Right. Uh, Trump took to the podium uh, after his decisive victory that we heard Jay Tapper reluctantly call last night. Uh, I'm going to go to cut 15. I have a few, uh, a few cuts uh, from Trump from last night. This is him talking about uh, rebuilding these cities, um, you know, after Democrat-run cities uh, have gone to hell. Cut 15, Phil, go. And we want a country of law and order. So we're going to rebuild the capital of our country, Washington, D.C. We're going to scrub those beautiful marble columns and get the swastikas off them, and we're going to scrub them and get the graffiti off them, and we're going to clean the streets, and we're going to rebuild the streets, and we're not going to have rusted medians through the middle that are falling down into the roads where foreign dignitaries from all over the world come and they look, and we're not going to be riding on top of garbage like I did just a month ago, riding on top of garbage. We're going to rebuild our beautiful Washington, D.C., 
and we're going to take control of it and we're going to make unbelievably harsh penalties for people that go around shooting. Last week they shot three people and every night something happens. It's, uh, it's so sad. And likewise, we're going to rebuild our cities and we'll work with the Democrats to do it. I'd be glad to work with the people in New York. We're going to work with the people in Chicago and L.A. We're going to rebuild our cities and we're going to make them safe. Donald Trump here for Nasa Court. Also, it's a shame MSNBC didn't carry that because he said he was going to scrub the swastikas. That's very un-Hitler-esque of a guy that has been portrayed to be (laughs) Hitler. Um, To my point earlier, that's, you know, Rachel Maddow, because he sounds, he's not screaming or a madman. Didn't that Mm. sound quite reasonable? Yeah, very. Kind of low energy Trump, mm -hmm. to be honest. You know, you, I know you guys were off yesterday, but he talks about the uh, rebuilding the Democrat-run cities that have been destroyed with law and order. Uh, we we have twenty four hundred shortage of a shortage of officers in Chicago, eight hundred plus in Philadelphia. Uh, Tony and I went through the top five cities, including Philadelphia, New York, Chicago, L.A., with the shortage of officers. And I don't know if you heard this story over the weekend, but to his point with law and order, Alameda yeah. in California is now offering officers a starting salary of $113,000 and a $75,000 signing bonus. I I, I look, I mean, <laughs> 75 grand and a buck 13 a year to be a police officer in the Bay Area and they're still struggling to get people to sign up. I got to say it's interesting too that he's talking about, you know, cities uh, that have gone to hell and he didn't mention Philadelphia. I'm just like the the lack of attention to Pennsylvania and Philadelphia from the Trump campaign is alarming. It it could be the reason why he loses. That that's fair speculation, considering Joe's been here seventeen stinking times. Do they just think Pennsylvania is not winnable anymore? I don't think it's. I disagree with you, Greg. He he might not come to Philadelphia because, well, as he famously said, bad things happen in Philadelphia. But he he campaigned heavily in Pennsylvania, just not. The city of Philadelphia. I I agree with you. I think he's assuming that if, Philly's a lost cause. But then? if he did come here, I think he may be pleasantly surprised. But he's not going to win saying. New York City or the city of Chicago either. So like, what's so what's up? So why uh, call, New York? Call them out? Oh no, Greg. The, New York has. I'm telling you, watch the special election that's uh, upcoming in Long Island. New York, something. Yeah, but Long Island is not New York City. I know, Greg. But watch it. Look at what's happening. People are peed off. Democrats in Brooklyn are f- having fits. You think he's going to win New York City? I'm saying that he thinks he can win New York State. They're in trouble. I'm saying that I these. Will, I'm saying that. I'm I will just give you telling thousand dollars if he wins New York. New York State? Yes. Any of New York? <laughs> like, no. Other than Buffalo, I don't know where he wins New York. New York State, up, up state. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. 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 Buffalo's Trump country. Come on. Just saying. All right. He also thanked. Uh, Ron- you're, 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 don't ignore this Im- this crisis that's happening in New York right now. It's a huge issue. Hochul's budget coming out today, and they have billions spent just to pay the migrants. By the way, the cops in New York leaving because they they only get yeah. they only get so they're they're facing pay cuts right. because of the migrant crisis. Yeah, we talked about you've that. Got, yesterday. Right. So yep. you've got first responders. 
that are saying, well, I'm going to retire now because I'm not, I don't want to retire at my 20% cut mm-hmm. that this is delivering. This is a disaster. Oh, and by the way, you mentioned Chicago, too. Brandon Johnson's facing hardcore questioning by the media in Chicago. We played a clip yesterday about whether he would raise taxes to deal with the immigrant crisis in Chicago. It could. It really could go back. It, it could blow up in the Dems' face. It could. Will Trump win New York? I don't think he will. But I'll keep. I'll keep praying. New York City. Okay. Yeah. No, New York State. I said I was talking about Kathy Hochul, the governor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think he'll win the state either. But uh, speaking of, for it. speaking of Illinois, I'm going to go to cut uh, eleven here. Phil, Democratic Governor uh, J.B. Pritzker was on MSNBC, and he says he says that Trump's blowout win in Iowa shows weakness of Donald Trump. This is, I, I don't know how he comes to this. I mean, he explains it, but it, it this Blow is... out win results in weakness. This is by far the biggest loaded, load of crap answer okay. I've ever heard. That would be like saying the Eagles showed a lot of strength last <laughs> night in a 23-point loss. Okay, we got it. Cut 11, Phil, go. Well, I think Joy had it right. Almost half of the base of the Republican Party showing up for this caucus tonight voted against Donald Trump. Think about that. I mean, this is the most famous Republican. He's the guy who, you know, basically built the modern Republican Party, the MAGA Republican Party that Democrats are running against. And half the people in that party didn't vote for Donald Trump. So I think that is telling. It tells you the weakness of Donald Trump (laughs) and also the opportunity for Democrats. Because in the end, look, uh, if the base doesn't turn out for Donald Trump in the general election enthusiastically and Democrats turn out its base, this is all about, you know, independents and independents don't like Donald Trump. So I think we're in a pretty good uh, place tonight to, to, to see what's happening on the Republican side. Uh, if Donald Trump, in fact, is the uh, uh, winner tonight and able to win in New Hampshire and in South Carolina, probably the race is over. But the truth is that all of these candidates are running as sort of mini-me Trump Republicans. Uh, they all have exactly the position that you mentioned earlier, six-month, uh, six-week ban on abortion. Uh, they want a national abortion ban. The Republican Party is standing against working families. And Donald Trump is representative of, I think, everything that is wrong with the uh, current environment in politics. Wow. So you, you you could have stopped that clip <laughs> right after right after he said uh, Joy Reid is right because Joy <laughs> Reid is never right. Secondly, uh, if he thinks that the Trump base is not going to show up, I mean he's absolutely drunk on live television. Exactly. And it took one, two, three, four, five, six total candidates, two through six: DeSantis, Haley, Ramaswamy, Binkley, Hutchinson, and Christie Binkley. to to account for those forty nine percent that didn't go Trump. I mean, Trump swept all 99 counties. How you arrive at the conclusion that Trump blew out the competition yet exuded weakness is a staggering take to have in that two-minute clip we just played. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know what his... I mean, to say that to say that Trump, that the Republican base isn't isn't fired up and won't vote for Donald Trump, but the, the Democrat base will right. for for Biden. Every, is, 
yeah. completely misreading the room. Yes, every poll, every story, every report, every source with knowledge of the situation has said that there's basically no excitement for the Biden campaign and the Biden administration for a second go around. I mean, they've basically said it as nicely as they can that we would love to replace Joe, and Joe could still get replaced at some point this summer at the convention. And how about that guy, too, at the end there saying how uh, Trump has uh, you know, basically stripped away money from, from the working class families. Working class families under Joe Biden have had to pick up second and third jobs. He yeah. missed the mark on everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ron DeSantis came in second place, but may I just say once again, barely. He barely came in second Mustard. place. Exactly. Uh, he gave his speech uh, last night after his second place finish, and he's declaring victory. He says they threw everything but the kitchen sink at us, and uh, the media was writing our obituary months ago, so... I, I he doesn't have have it doesn't seem like he has any um um plans on dropping out we will see cut 13 Phil go We love you too they threw everything but the kitchen sink at us they spent almost 50 million dollars attacking us no one's faced that much all the way just through Iowa they, the media was against us. They were writing our obituary months ago. They even called the election before people even got a chance to vote. But they were just so excited about the fact that they were predicting uh, that we wouldn't be able uh, to get our ticket punched here out of Iowa. But I can tell you, because of your support, in spite of all of that that they threw at us, everyone against us, we've got our ticket punched out of Iowa. You know, I've always found it interesting <laughs> to have everything but the kitchen sink thrown at you. Yeah. I mean, it would really hurt, I would assume, if the kitchen sink actually hit you upside the head. So this is another thing where I think DeSantis misses the mark, and he's delusional. Uh, media attacks and you know going after our credit. Like, does he not realize that anything he experiences... Trump experiences 10 times over uh, as far as, like, you know, the media attacks and all that other stuff. He's trying to take that page from the Trump's playbook. The media's against us, and this is against us, and that. It it may all be true, but it's, it's, like, it's been done before. People have seen this before. Yeah, it's the one thing where the Democrat from Illinois that you played last clip actually got right when he says everybody's trying to be a mini-Trump with being under attack. (laughs) It's true, they are all under attack because they just have an R under their name or in front of their name, but... No, I think DeSantis misses the mark again. Mangle Mosh on YouTube says Ron had no mustard last night. No, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> mustard. He had no relish, well, no onions. All right, let me ask you guys this then: If, if he had, he took second place, right. albeit barely, but he took second place last night. How, does does this extend his campaign? Does he keep going? And when does he drop out? They're both they're both officially out by Super Tuesday. I think one drops after New Hampshire, the other drops after South Carolina. That would be my guess. Don, I can't imagine either one of them getting to St. Patty's Day. I don't know. Yeah, this, I think one of them's going to stick it. Out I for think the long Nikki run? Haley. I, for some reason, I just think because Ron DeSantis is younger. He's still in his early 40s and he has a job nikki haley is not governor as desantis is so i would bet on um i would bet actually on on desantis dropping out beforehand because he mitigates the loss 
And who does he endorse? He endorses Trump. Are you arguing that Ron's still in his prime and Nikki's not? No, sir. <laughs> I'm saying he has a, he's a, he's a, he has a job right now. Yeah. He has a full time gig. Yep. He has he's the governor of Florida, and I think he wants to save face with that. So he still has a job. Nikki Haley, in essence, I mean, she's not governor. She's not the you know UN representative. So. I think I think Nikki Haley was energized by this, I do too. and and so I think I agree with you. Yep, I think yeah. she stays. I think if I had to go gun to my head, make a bet that matters that DeSantis bows out before Haley. Plus, Haley's got some of the big donor backing that left for you know. So and and we know the 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 agenda here that that's pushing Nikki through to the finish line. So <laughs> yep. I can see that. So she's she's what ninety one LSX says. Do Nikki and Ron last longer than Nick's dry spell? Six one zero six three. My dry spell's still going, pal. Good for Woo-hoo! you. How about Good that? for you. January 16th. Although I came close watching the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. She, so Nikki Haley, one of the stats that her campaign is giving out, 64% of moderates. That That's her claim, that she gets the vast majority of moderates. Yeah, well, she's uh, the polling numbers I gave you earlier from CBS uh, YouGov. She's got 59% of the independents, whereas Trump and DeSantis are at 54 and 55. Wow. Um, all right, let's go to, let's go to Nikki Haley. Uh, she looked at last night as a big victory for her campaign. Uh, she says tonight, Iowa made this Republican primary a two person race. This is cut nine. Phil go. When you look at how we're doing in New Hampshire, in South Carolina and beyond. say tonight Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. Tonight, tonight I will be back in the great state of New Hampshire. And the question before Americans is now very clear. Do you want more of the same or do you want a new generation of conservative leadership okay the message is much better and the the accent is different but i'm going to say something that might irk a lot of people and yes i get it nikki haley would dance circles around the person i'm about to mention but there are times and i think that clip kind of just triggered a thought in my head where I feel like Nikki Haley is delivering speeches like Kamala Harris, like she's oh come on, not not from a not from a dumbing it down standpoint or a word salad standpoint, but and maybe it's a Southern thing. Uh, I've uh, I've lived in the South for almost five oh years, boy. so I get it. Um, there's a slow draw delivery mm-hmm. where it's like she's talking to five year olds there. No, Do she's you not. Want so, and I'm just thinking like. That's the way it's she the, speaks. It's the same cadence, though, as Kamala Harris. No, it Harris. is not. We gotta, we gotta do a compare and Ka- contrast. Play Kamala from back when she was a senator. She spoke differently. Okay. Nikki Haley consistently. She's a Southerner from South Carolina. I know. I know. I just, I'm giving you my honest. When I hear that, I'm gonna close my eyes. I'm like, that's the same um, speed of delivery. No way. <laughs> Kamala sounds 
Well, her, she's on Kamala's pills. speech yeah. is thick, yeah. as if she's Nikki's, medicated somehow. Nikki sounds a little thick there. No. Mm. <laughs> Greg's like, yeah, because I like it thick. I'm just, yeah. I'm just happy you're arguing with Dawn, and I'm not. <laughs> you take a, you sit this one out, pal. <laughs> no, I was. I'll tell you what. When Senator Rand Paul, that was a big deal to me on Friday. Team when, Never Nikki, and I've been saying that for weeks. I know. That the Trump base. Have, I'm telling you, they're turned off by her. You have been. Yep, and he said it. But I, I don't know. I didn't. I, I mean, for Rand Paul to come out that strong against her. To say, you know, she's part part of the swamp, that she's a warmonger. Pro-China. Yeah, I was, I was, because I respect him. I have a, and even if, you know, I know he's in a more independent flair than maybe a lot of mainstream Republicans, but I love him. And I just, that weighed heavily with let, me that he said that. Let me just say this. Let me just say this at 814 on Tuesday January 16th. I'm going to take the wind out of a lot of people's sails who may not uh, want Trump to be the nominee. Nikki Haley will not be the Republican nominee in 2024. Not a chance. Nope. Now, the one thing I will say be on the lookout for is a Trump Haley ticket. I know Dawn has been on this. No. Even though I love Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I I hope it's her. I think that they could, some sort of a deal could be reached where they kind of join forces and, you know what I mean? So I I don't, I I didn't think that until last night, but there is this, they're trying this uniparty thing that, that to like unite the, you know, people who might be on the fence about Trump or won't vote for him Mm -hmm. with, with, uh, with. Him. Well, two days ago, I think it was on Sunday, the reports came out from two uh, people within Trump's camp that said it's a very, very high possibility or a high probability that Vivek Ramaswamy will not be the VP for Trump. So there's zero chance. Yes. So he could be in the cabinet. Yes. Yeah. He could absolutely be in a cabinet somewhere. There's no doubt about it. And I would absolutely suggest that to Trump somewhere. Let me ask you guys this. Will if if that happens and. I still think it's kind of a long shot. I still think Tulsi Gabbard will be his VP. Um, but it, if it does happen, are there more people that sit out and won't vote for her? Or are there more people that uh, say, okay, she's on the ticket. I'll vote for him. More does, people will, will support. I think he gets with, with Nikki on the ticket. He gets some of those, you know, those moderates, some of those people that were on the fence, maybe from an abortion messaging standpoint, because she has framed it and positioned it very well. I cannot envision, and I think this is the way you framed it. Are you asking if there's anybody that will sit out on Trump? No, no, no. I, 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 a hundred percent know there are, but is it enough to counterbalance the people who will vote for that ticket because of her on the? Not, not that anybody votes for a vice president because right, they don't. Right. So, and is the and is the hatred for Trump that strong that people w- w- would not vote for him under any circumstances, even if she's the not or she's the. Well, the, I I definitely think there's definitely the hatred is so strong for some that it doesn't matter. There, when we hear the word "never Trumper," I mean that that's I think some people take that to the grave with them. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump thanked congratulated Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley last night and he says uh, he's he says he thinks they actually did very well this is cut 16 Phil go the senators the congressmen from Washington they came down from all different states 
I want to thank you very much. I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a, a good a good time together. We're all having a good time together. And uh, I think they both actually did very well. I really do. I think they both did very well. We don't even know what the outcome of second place is. And uh, I see Carrie Lake. Congratulations, Carrie. There you go. Yeah, he thought Ron and Nikki, uh, they had a nice little respectable showing as they dueled and jousted for second and third place. It's a good little spot for them, second silver and bronze. Just shows you. I mean, it's like, you know, we always say, oh, look at look at them. They're really going after each other hard. It's all, it's all wrestling. It's all of course pro wrestling. it is. It's all pro wrestling. And it's politics. It's dirty. You do whatever you take to make the other person look terrible. Uh, on MSNBC last night, going to cut 17 here, Phil, on MSNBC last night, Joy Reid suggested that Nikki Haley won't become the nominee because of, I'll give you one guess why she won't become the nominee. Uh, too many white people. Racism. Okay, I knew it had to be something like that. Cut 17, go. New Hampshire. And I think to the point that you made, Steph, I mean, it's the elephant in the room. She's still a brown lady <laughs> that's got to try to win in a party that is deeply anti-immigrant and which accepts the notion that you can say immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. She's getting, you know, birthered by Donald Trump. Um, and I don't care how much the likes her, which will ramp up a lot, the better she does in New yes. Hampshire. So it's still a challenge. I don't see how she becomes the nominee of that party with Donald Trump still around. I can't picture it happening. Maybe it could happen. Ron DeSantis's only argument for staying in it is he's the white guy that he can still make the appeal to white people. While we... Oh, yes. And I think Joy Reid also went on to say that there was too many white evangelical Christians in Iowa. I think I heard that headline yes. thrown out as well. Nice to see that Joy went back to the bleach blonde look. Always a good look for when Joy uh, lightens up the hair. Um, so, yeah, once again, you know, here's what I would say to that. I And, and this, I think, ties into what you, you have said, Greg, that not everybody is in the weeds. Most people are, are very entry level, not paying attention to certain things and only come around in the final six weeks or whatever. I would be willing to bet a sizable amount of money that matters to me. So, like, we'll call it $10. <laughs> that if you just polled casual people on the streets and you said, hey, Nikki Haley, or you even held up a picture of Nikki Haley, I think a lot of people, regardless of political party or affiliation, would just assume that Nikki Haley's a white girl. I really believe that. Like, when you look at Nikki Haley, you do not no, see woman of color. It's ridiculous. So the fact that Joy Reid is making those points that Nikki's got yeah. no chance because she's brown. Mm-hmm. Like, well, the, she, the casual person looks at Nikki Haley, and I said this last week, she looks like a, like like Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell 30 years later. <laughs> well, I mean, Joy Reid is, is, a, is a dummy. Like, I know. There's, there's, no, there, there's not a brain a cell suit. in her head, and she sees everything through the lens of racism. So... Of course she would come to that conclusion. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Nobody looks at her and says, well, there's a minority. Right. Like, like and on. by the way, it's an insult to minorities. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, but just joy, like the oblivious, dumb entry level, like, oh, when in doubt, it's racism. She's a brown woman. What a dumb statement. But that shows you how she sees people, how she... That's how she thinks. That's how mm. she sees people. I mean, her name is, and I know she, you know, shortened it. Nez, her name, yeah. Nez Feratu or something, right? No. Nikki Haley. <laughs> you see a picture. Like if Phil could throw up a still photo of Nikki Haley, I would be willing to bet like eighty-two percent of people that don't really know anything about Nikki Haley would say, "Oh yeah, white lady from South Carolina." What it Nimrata, right? 
Yeah, right there's mm-hmm. right there's a still shot of Nimrata. Yeah. God. Joy Reed. Yeah. Her and Maddow want to have a joust at WrestleMania. Only one can survive. Lisa Lisa uh, McHale on the YouTube chat brings up something interesting. She says, uh, if you go back to the Trump clip at the very end, he calls out Carrie Lake. What's Carrie Lake doing there? Very I saw a, I, I saw a video of her last night. She was in the parking lot talking about how cold it was, and she was like video selfing or, or videotaping with her phone about how many cars were out there, and she she wants to be Trump's VP. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, Dan Weston on the YouTube chat says Trump plus Noam equals 2024 Dream Team. So I don't know. I I don't see I don't see the Christy Noam thing. I mean, I, I for him, I mean. I I would I would put Nikki Haley ahead of Christy Nome. So you got Haley ahead of Nome, My, ahead of Lake, but behind Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. RFK Jr. <laughs> no shot. It's not gonna be a dude. Yeah. And it probably won't be Vivek, even though he would be you know, the minority male. So with Nikki you get obviously female and obviously minority, even though some might not realize she's a minority. Tulsi Gabbard I mean, yeah, I would say it's probably Gabbard, Haley, one, two, or vice versa. Pick, take your pick. Nikki, uh, uh, Carrie Lake, no shot. And um, it was another female you mentioned. Christy Nome. Christy Nome. Elise no. Stefanik, no. New York. No. Well, I tell you what, after Stefanik roasted Harvard, <laughs> her stock went up a little bit. It did. Though. I mean, I always loved her, but I still, I know Sarah Huckabee Sanders reportedly was up uh, was upsetting the Trump campaign last summer because they felt like she should have come out sooner with the big endorsement. But I still I love Sarah, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna privately root for her. I, I here's why I say no to um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Carrie Lake. Uh, they don't soften the edges for I Trump agreed. enough. Agreed. Yeah, Carrie, Carrie, you talk about a mini-me. Oh, DeSantis is a mini-me. Carrie Lake is a mini-me mm-hmm. of Trump. She's female Trump. Won't work. Sarah Huckabee, I think she's fantastic as a press secretary. I think she's done a great job as governor. She's got the lineage with her father, the whole bit. Um, but I think some people think she's a little too too rough. She's got that look on her face sometimes. I know that's superficial, but I think sometimes that matters to people. I think Nikki Haley softens edges, smooths things over. The abortion message carries weight with Nikki Haley the way she's positioned it. I would put Nikki ahead of those two. But Carrie Lake is uh, running. She's she's releasing these ads, and she wants to be a senator. Right. Right. So she's moving forward with that one. I think that Carrie Lake has not won any place, and so that's the number one reason I think she won't get in. I think Christy Nome, although I love her, she has some personal baggage. It's not going to happen. And so I think it's either, like you said, Nikki Haley, or it's a, it's a woman. I think it's a woman, but mm-hmm. I think it's Nikki Haley, or yeah. it could be Elise Stefanik, or I think it could be Sarah Huckabee Sanders, but I think it will be a woman. I disagree that Sarah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was excellent as the press secretary, as Trump's spokesperson. And she can articulate the abortion issue, in my opinion, better than Nikki Haley. I don't know about Elise Stefanik because I've not heard uh, Stefanik talk about it. But then earlier we talked about the New York race. You know, does he go with somebody like Stefanik hoping to get New York? I don't know. But he needs a woman because of abortion. He's not going to win New York. New York City is the same size as the rest of New York State. 
I know. He's not going to win New York. I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying that Trump is somebody who has, he has said that. He has said that he's going to campaign in New York, Minnesota. Obviously, I think he's going to win Michigan because of what's going on with Michigan. Hey, and by the way, speaking of Michigan, uh, the first time in eight years with Trump that he leads Biden in the Detroit News poll since 2016. He's never led that poll before. That came out over the weekend, by the and, way. Yeah, and part of that is Michigan has a huge uh, population of folks who are of Middle East descent, and they are furious with the Biden policy right now with the Middle East. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for uh, Part 1A of What's on the Cut Sheet. <laughs> part 1B on the other side, Part 2 or Part 3, if you want to call it that, about an hour from now. Quick break, more of the Cut Sheet as we continue the day after Iowa. Kale and Company, Nick, Don, and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Well, it was a devastating loss for our Philadelphia Eagles last night for a super wild card weekend. But now we're on to the, to the divisional round, and what a better time to get in on the action then right now when you don't have any skin in the game you don't care who wins so why not put a little action on it you'll have a spot in the playoffs with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino it's America's number one sports book FanDuel has so many ways for you to pick up a W new customers can get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet so look ahead to uh, next weekend Find a game you uh, you're interested in. Place five bucks back, you can get a hundred dollars, hundred fifty dollars in bonus bets if you win. Fanduel.com/slash/greg. Fanduel.com/slash/greg to sign up right now. Fanduel Sportsbook is the official partner of twelve ten WPHT and the NFL twenty one and over. President PA first online real money wager only ten dollar first deposit required. Bonus issued is not worth trouble. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday morning, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.